Welcome back to the Let's Talk Singing Podcast. Episode 14. Today is going to be a two-part episode with a guy called Matt B. Torns. Matt B. Torns is a singer, songwriter, vocal coach, and also owns and runs his own business, London-based business called Music Alignment. And that company works with uh, artist development, and that's kind of what we're going to be speaking about today. So welcome back. Um, I've been getting some really good response from the last episode that I did, episode 13, which was my first solo episode. Everything else before that has been interviews. Um, and and so I, I tried out the solo episode last time and uh, it went really well. It's been the most downloaded and it's been the most listened to and it's been getting the, the most response, I guess, you know. Um, which is typical in a sense of when you give out some, when you kind of pull the curtain back for, for, for some people, from things that people might not experience. You know, me being on The Voice is something that, I know a huge amount of people have done it, but um, there's a larger amount of people that haven't done it. And so giving some insights into that, I think that was something that people like to hear. So I'm glad you listened and I'm glad you liked it. Um, and uh, it was enjoyable for me to do, I have to say. As I said in the episode, it was kind of like a bit of a therapy session for me, you know. Um, and so I have a couple more little th- stories and and things that I've gone through as a singer um, and, a, and a working musician, working singer um, that I'm going to share with you in future solo podcasts. And uh, they'll be coming up pretty soon. So um, just just to uh, just in case you're wondering, um, the the sound today might not be the nicest, or you could really like it. I mean, some people really like when there's reverb on people's voices. Uh, I don't, not necessarily for a podcast, but uh, just so you know uh, why and where I am, I'm in a living room in a top floor um, apartment in Vienna. And the the ceiling is quite high. It's a beautiful kind of, you can see the structure of the 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 beams and stuff and it's really nice and stuff but th- there's a lot of echo so just just so you know um usually i have my little podcast cubby that i made back in germany but uh that is not here anymore so i'm making do i'm just in the living room i have some tea beside me and uh but just so you know yeah so i moved to vienna moved to vienna last week uh to start my ba in jazz performance in a place called Muck, which is Musik und Kunst Privatuniversität der Stadt Wien. And that just is all German for music and art. Private university in the city of Vienna. Uh, so I'm very excited. Vienna is gas. It's full of things. The amount of scooters I've seen, electric scooters all over the place, they're just driving everywhere. They don't, they don't, I don't, I don't think anyone knows whether you're supposed to drive on the road or drive on the path or drive on the bike path. Nobody knows here. Um, I haven't been in, I haven't lived in a, in a major, like in a, um, 
uh, Hauptstadt. I can't even think of the English word for it. Um, main city. Uh, in a long time, in about four years, and even even four years ago when I lived in Dublin, I was living outside Dublin in Bray. Um, so I haven't really lived in a centre city in a long time, and uh, and it's it's very it's it's gas, just so many things, things to see. I did the whole walking tour that Sigmund Freud used to walk on when he was high on cocaine, uh, when he used to do his crazy walks here in Vienna around the Ring. Ringstrasse, and uh, it was amazing. You see the Parliament, you see the um, the beautiful parks, you see the libraries, the museums, all of this crazy mishmash of of architecture in Vienna, where I don't think Vienna even knows what kind of architect or architecture it has. It's such a mishmash. So there's a Gothic building beside a uh, like a Renaissance kind of looking building, and a, and then you have the Parliament that looks like something from from Athens. It's just mad, but very beautiful. And I'm very excited to, to start my, my studies here in Vienna and uh, living here in an apartment with two friends. Lucky enough to, had, uh, to have two friends that live in Vienna um, and they had a spare room. And so I'm now living in their apartment and uh, it's great crack. Although, you know, living away from Katia, my my fiance is a bit strange. We've done it before. We've done the long distance, but you know, it doesn't get easier. Um, it, you know, we're a bit you know more secure with each other, and we're we're you know texting and ringing all the time, and uh, it will be fine. But you know, at the start, if anyone has gone through a long distance, it's not the nicest, and especially with COVID at the moment. I don't think I'm able to get back to Germany without having to get a test and then quarantine for five days or fourteen days here and then here. Or in Germany and then here again. Anyway, God Almighty, six minutes in, I'm already faffing around. Today is I'm I'm talking with a guy called Mappy Thorns, who is someone I met um, online on a on a VIP vocology and practice um, vocal voice conference. Um, vocology and practice are a non-profit organization um, made by singers for singers made by vocal coaches, for vocal coaches, made by voice scientists, for voice scientists. They're a fantastic organization run by great people, and they put on conferences every year. Um, so if you're a voice user, um, if you're a teacher, if you're a singer, if you're uh, someone that, you know, does presentations a lot, uh, I mean, it's heavily based on singing, um, but still, it's it, there's a lot of voice science in there and how to use your voice correctly and kind of the mechanics of it and all that kind of stuff and the acoustics and the way in which you can heighten acoustics that allow you to to be able to be heard um, rather than pushing power, a lot of this stuff. Um, uh, so if you're interested in that, I would say go check out www.vocologyandpractice.com. Check them out. And uh, yes, and so that's how I met Matt P. Thorns. And he is uh, on his way to being a Vocology and Practice member he was working behind the scenes at the voice conference and we got chatting and then we talked about the podcast and I said, look, I'd love to have you on. He said, I'd love to come on. And uh, and then found out that he actually owns and runs his own artist development um, company in London um, that works with artists, um, helping them progress in their, in their career, which... Uh, 
is a very cool job to have, I must say. He's a very interesting dude. I really like talking to him. Lovely flow of conversation. Um, check him out on Instagram. Check him uh, himself. So Matt B. Thorns on Instagram and also Music Alignment is the name of the company on Instagram. And check out their website as well, musicalignment.com. Uh, so without any further ado, this is now nearly nine minutes of me just talking shite. So uh, let me know if this annoyed you. If it did, I might have a think about uh, not doing it next time. Anyway, part two is going to come out as well um, uh, today, today being Friday. Uh, it's going to come out and uh, you can listen to part two of it then very soon. Uh, so enjoy it. I'll shut up now. Here's Matt P. Thorns. Uh, Matt, how are you? Hey, dude. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's funny, this whole uh, new digital meetups and and so on. It was it was a it was a great conference, wasn't it? But um, that was it. Yeah. So I mean, we met during the VIP, the Vocology and Practice conference. Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, I was kind of helping out a little bit this year, and it was nice to see so many faces. Obviously, not in person, but yeah, yeah. really, really great to have such an engaging event online, which just seems to be more and more common and and easy to do, and less of a oh, it's an online thing. Do we have to, yeah. do we have, we have to make the effort? But no, this was great. I think everyone was craving a bit of that interaction and a bit of nerding out about voice and just, you know, con- you know, um, connecting with people. You know, yeah. it's a human instinct, isn't it, at the end of the day? It's not just a, a business thing. <laughs> That's it, yeah. And I mean, the thing is like trying to transport or translate that, that kind of conference feel that VIP has already had in the past mm. into a digital form. Yeah. Um, I can only commend Gemma and, and Kaya for getting that done and for you doing the, all the background work and for VIP in general, I guess, as, a, mm. as an organization, you know, really did so well. Definitely. I think it's, it just shows the, the flexibility of the organization, obviously the, the minds behind it, but also I think it's, it's, it's original purpose, which is to really get out there and, and, uh, and share ideas, you know, not just have kind of one format where it's it seems you know there there are a lot of schools of thought when it comes to to singing and 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 music in general but you know especially with kind of teaching voice or you know coaching singers there seems to sometimes be like there's this way or there's this way but really there are all the ways and Mm. some work and some don't for that specific instance that you work with and uh, it's great to have so many people of different not even just you know from uh the sciences and the kind of arts development side but obviously you've got all the the pedagogies in there and and uh you know the the, the day-to-day teachers as well um, yeah. kind of pitching in and and sharing and getting feedback it's just it's such a uh a growing environment for for people to kind of flourish and also be challenged <laughs> which mm-hmm. is healthy you know mm-hmm. um you know i know so, that's yeah, what i was, felt in the in the first in the first lecture with Jon Sundberg, mm. I know that that's exactly how I felt challenged. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> if yeah, people he's don't a very know, funny guy though. <laughs> he's very funny. He's so great, but man, and in person this... it makes more sense as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, he sounds. He, he feels kind of like one of those kind of maybe granddads that sits in a chair and just kind of talks for hours, and you kind of half understand what he said and half understand what he doesn't say, and yeah, and or, or what and then he, there's a there's yeah. a funny sort of image of him blowing a what was that thing that he had on demonstration? That's it, man. The um. Was that it looks the... like a kazoo with a ball on the end exactly. of it, doesn't it? And yeah. it kind of catches it to measure it so you can see airflow. 
that's that's such a, that is a granddad type you know totally. hey look at this and we're like Whoa. yeah exactly yeah yeah <laughs> and actually i went down to Tolman and found that then after straight away because i think that's an excellent tool i can't remember mm. what it's called i guess it's called like a a blow blowpipe or, blow pipe blow pipe or something pipe. yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> but poison it, darts yeah <laughs> yeah could be though you know what i mean is it could be a secret poison dart thing but it's it, yeah it looks kind of like a kazoo with a little net at the, ba- at the bottom of it with a little ball mm. that shows yeah consistent airflow and it's a really good because i guess the most the most problematic things are when you when as a teacher and you start talking to students about kind of imagery and talking about all these kind of buzzwords that we as teachers know and have learned but then you try and translate that to a student and they kind of go i uh, yeah but i don't know really what it is but when you can show something that's practical and that's instantaneous and something that they can kind of nearly like tactile where they can actually you know touch it hold it and and experience it it makes all the difference well, definitely. I think you can, anybody, a monkey could understand airflow from looking at one of those right. sorts of things. And it is a difficult thing when you're saying like, oh yeah, well, your vocal folds, they're not quite, you know, the, the pressure underneath and the, they're not opening it. And then they're kind of like, what's this going on? Yeah. <laughs> and then if you can just show them, you know, oh, that's the concept of airflow, right? Okay. And then you might show them a picture of, of, of the larynx and the folds and how they, and then, you know, but it is that kind of, it's a great, first step isn't it i think and it um is. yeah and, and and those sorts of things are great aren't they because you know more toys the better really yeah absolutely man i was i was i was always uh, i mean this the the straw foundation thing always has has really changed my life in the past couple in past year i guess you know actually yeah. feeling that and being able to use that with students and see the the um the change in their voices or the change in their understanding of uh, of balanced voice and stuff like that, mm. or um, helping them get past some breaks. Again, a little gimmick, a little toy, but something that really has um, changed uh, the the path of yeah of teaching. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And so, so yeah, go on. no, go on, man. That was, <laughs> was going to say. So, what, what was it? We we already had a little chat, which was mm. great, and um, you know, we talked about kind of our roots of starting teaching, but what obviously what was your fascination with kind of learning about voice? Cause you, you know, you've picked up quite a lot in what seems like, you know, a relatively short space of time. So what mm. kind of drove your fascination is the voice? I guess my fascination came from, um, not asking questions before mm. and learning how to, uh, do effects and, uh, how to mimic and how to, how to sing many different genres and stuff without actually realizing how I was doing it. Yeah. And it came to the point then when I stopped gigging. So I used to gig quite a lot since, you know, 16 until maybe 24, I guess. I was kind of gigging maybe most nights in the week, all year round kind of thing. And so I was, yeah. I was just using it and I was using it and I was going, going about my time in gigging, not really asking, but just knowing that if I did that certain thing, I would get that result. Mm-hmm. And then when I stopped gigging, um, and I came here to Germany, um, I, yeah, I kind of went and reflected back on what, what I had actually achieved or what I, what I achieved vocally and what I was able to do and kind of asking myself, how did I do that? Yeah. Why was I able to do that? Not just by mimicking, but actually what was the, the, the physiology yeah, of it? What was I actually doing? Functionally, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And that's when I really started getting into CVT, the complete vocal technique, um, bought the book and and all of that is kind that of it behind you, by the it way. It is actually. I was only using it today. <laughs> actually, that other book beside it is one that I'm using at the moment as well, which is possibly one of the best ones that I bought in a while. Oh, I've seen that on Amazon. Yeah. This one. It's a good. Oh yeah. my god. Do I see yellow sticky notes popping out? No, but actually, you know no. what you see is what's beautiful about it as well. And I know we're on a podcast, so I know you guys won't be able to see this, right? But it's full Check of... out the video. Yeah, exactly. Check it out on YouTube. You'll be able to see it. But it's all filled with this beautiful, I don't know, it's oh, like, yeah. it's just well thought out, well put mm. together with some kind of funky looking colors and it looks modern. Um, and it's all about, yeah, um, speaking for, for acting and also for singing. Um, it's really, yeah. really cool. Yeah. But yeah, so basically that's how I kind of came about to, um, to, to this kind of path was that I started to, also then I started to teach and I realized I wasn't able to translate what I knew or what I thought I knew or what I could do into mm. an actual way in which my student could achieve the same thing. Yes. And yeah. that's when I kind of went, oh, I need to learn that big time, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and um, it's, it's so interesting to just to kind of hear how people get into the coaching and teaching side, because obviously we all start as singers and, and um, we all have various aspirations as, as singers. And then we kind of get, you know, through that path. And then we also realize that there's the next kind of generation and there's the, the, you know, those people that it's important for us to, to foster and, and to help. And uh, so much I think has changed in, in the vocal understanding, you know, the vo mm. understanding of the voice and understanding of teaching in, in, you know, the, even I guess the past 10 years, uh, that it's, it's such a, it's such an interesting time to be involved in this part of the industry, I think yes. really, really is. It feels very pioneering in a sense, you know, yeah. there's still, there's still stuff to be discovered and, and, uh, and yeah, it's just so, so cool. So cool. But also that's what I kind of think about why uh, that's why I think uh, VIP is so interesting and so attractive is because mm. it kind of feels like everyone is on top of their game and everyone yeah, is true. at the forefront. Yeah. Um, you know, um, myth busting and, and getting down into the details and using new research that has been uh, made in voice, voice rehabilitation, also voice teaching stuff that yeah. people have been talking about for years and stuff, but yes. actually hadn't filtered down necessarily into the everyday teacher. But now there's yeah. really, I mean, obviously there's lots of things online as well. Like Justin Stoney really has an incredible YouTube channel that really talks yeah. a lot about that. Um, and Dr. Dan, I don't know if you know Dr. Dan on YouTube as well. Australian yeah, guy. Yeah, I might have seen something of his, but rings a bell, Doctor Dan. Yeah, it's yeah, kind of yeah. He's cool, actually. He's interesting. He's, but he also he's he's a doctor in himself. So uh, I think a voice, uh, yeah, SLP. I think. Right. Yeah, I think. But but actually, Matt. So how did you then? Because um, we're going to get into some. So just so people know what we're doing here today. So I'm I'm um, I did a bit of an introduction, or I will do an introduction that will be on the podcast intro. Uh, so Matt, you're a vocal coach, right? Yeah. You are a uh, a member of VIP. We're right? getting there, yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> On the path. And uh, yeah. and you're also then, uh, you are a artist 
artist development coach, I guess. Would you would you say that? Yeah, I'd, I'd say that's kind of a fair bracket to put me in. <laughs> it's something that um, has been interesting for me because, I mean, I'll tell you a little bit about um, kind of where I came from as a singer. So I started off classically trained uh, chorister from the age of six to... 13 and that I, I see that as like the dojo you know that was like that was my training ground era and we, we traveled around the world we went to various countries Japan America loads of places in Europe and uh, you know performed and that was in a you know obviously a choir so you're it's a group setting it's choral music so it's quite specific although we did everything from early to you know you know more modern classical music and um, that involved you know uh 20 boy voices and then about 20 men and we'd kind of go on tour and that was great because I don't come from a family of musicians you know we're a kind of Irish northern roots um so everybody's a little bit of a performer in my family so there's (laughs) there is that natural kind of want to get in front and um perform like a monkey sometimes (laughs) quite literally um (laughs) but um yeah so and from then I kind of I went through the, I morphed as a singer and I went into kind of performing arts. So that's kind of musical theatre, but then also, you know, at that sort of that formative age of 13, 14, you're kind of picking up electric guitars. And I remember I even watched a school of rock and I just was like, Jack Black, what a, what a dude. Maybe you want to do guitar. What a singer. I know. What a singer. I know. And then people don't always see that in him, I think, because he's quite, he uses it with such comedy. Yeah. And he uses it with such um, homage to that genre, right? Yeah. That people almost forget he can sing, you know, he can really sing. All people have to do is go back and listen to that first Tenacious D album. Oh, yeah. You'll realize how good he is. Oh, yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah. Really, really good. Very, very flexible singer. And I think, mm. yeah, I had never put those two together. But yeah, I think mm. also seeing him in that context, I was like, yeah, okay, well, I can sing, play guitar. You know, did the whole band thing for a bit and then went off to uni and, and studied a bit more kind of, um, uh, you know, you have to have an instrument when you go, I did music um, just on its own at first. And then um, I studied voice a little bit and that, and that was kind of more opera studies. So again, kind of using a little bit of my classical technique, but then I'd also started, I had another coach, another teacher, Leanne Poiser represent. She's awesome. Uh, she taught me from kind of 13 onwards. And she was from a, a classical background herself, but she was trying to help, you know, open my horizons as a singer. Because I think there's that age as well where your voice breaks and my voice did break. And I kind of was struggling a little bit for identity um, as every kind of, especially as I was trained so young. And then you kind of, so I had to, you know, find my, my voice um, mm-hmm. and, you know, work out what context I was going to use it in. And I think at first it was quite a scattergun approach. I was doing, you know, lead roles and stuff, Sky, you know, Sky Maston and Guys and Dolls, which was awesome. Then I was also doing like, you know, rock stuff. And then, you know, and then it kind of formed at the end of like my uni, I had a band and we were doing, you know, well in our little York scene, you know, doing gigs, recording, which was a new thing as well. Like I remember the first time I, I managed to get in a studio um, and I mean, like, not like, you know, I, I grew up recording my guitar into my laptop and doing all that stuff. But when I got into the studio for the first time, I was like, wow, this is, this is cool. You know, this is the other side of 
of music, the kind of the, the final end. You've got, you know, I was so into performing and yeah. and so on. But then I kind of, I, I fell in love with, with studio and I actually stayed on a year to do a master's and then I explored more music production side. Um, and that's kind of what brought me to London. I wanted to work in recording studios and I had a, you know, I, I moved from an intern at a studio in Soho from an intern to kind of a vocal producer. And then I did a bit of artist relations work. So I understood how to kind of, you know, work with people to create a project and, you know, align them with um, a producer or an engineer or a writer in that context. And then I, I kind of got to the, you know, that fizzled out a little bit and I was like, right, what do I want to do next? And I, and I realized I really missed singing. I really missed, um, cause I'd been working with so many of them in that kind of a bit more of a, like they, they kind of came to a studio, a lot of these people, because they didn't, they didn't know what to do next. And they, they knew that they wanted to get some music out. Um, but I think like, if you, if, you know, the, the, the music industry has changed from kind of having that, like, you know, you might be seen performing and then somebody at a record label would be like, Hey, you're good. Nowadays, it's like, they'll see you performing. They'll check out your various social medias. They'll see what you've already recorded and you kind of have to be that full package. And I think it's that awkward limbo still where people aren't quite getting that you have to do your own artist development, you know, mm. as a, as an emerging singer, songwriter or any sort of musician. And I think it was around that time I was leaving the studio. I was thinking, you know, I was helping these people and I, I was, I was kind of coaching people in the studio, you know, how to overcome you know, their anxiety a bit with being in front of a microphone, which is a huge thing, especially if you've gone from having never recorded to suddenly being in a studio with, you know, people assisting yeah. your project, you know, it takes a lot of, um, courage to, to step up to that and, and really deliver so a lot of people are really wasting their time a little bit because you know and i'm like you know you're paying for being in a studio right now and, and i think out of that whole thought process i kind of thought well i want to firstly i want to get back into singing not as a performer because i've kind of you know i feel like i've, I've done a lot of that and i want to explore something else so i was like oh why don't i get into coaching um and i remember i put on a workshop just to kind of more test myself like can i you know get like a, a little workshop going with people and, and try and, and i had to go back to my understanding of of singing and how it, and the function of it again kind of getting back into like you know people are like, oh you've got a great voice man and for me it just felt like i've always had that because you know i did the classical route and you kind of you get you learn bad habits definitely from classical but you also learn some great habits and especially for me, I felt like I, I really understood breathing and I really understood connection and, and just creating sound. And I think, you know, you, as a classical singer, we know the reason why you, you sing like that is to historically speaking, be heard over an orchestra, but then when you're kind of getting more into the studio setting, it's completely opposite. So I remember, I remember even when I started recording into a microphone, people were like, Whoa, dude, your voice dynamic range is like, you know, it's awesome, but, you're clipping <laughs> so you know there's just so much i learned from from working the studio and, and doing that kind of um you know learn by doing I'm, I'm strong on that and i think you know i, I just and you, you get into coaching and you kind of don't really know what you're doing i don't i don't i don't like admitting that but you you know you 
if you're not careful, you kind of feel like you're an imposter. And actually, you know a lot more than the people that you're helping. You just have to find a way to, to translate that and get it That's across it. to them. Um, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, and, and, and then I wanted to set up a company kind of like what I was doing in the studio. So I set up Music Alignment in 2017 that kind of, it, it, it brought together a kind of a 360 approach for emerging artists, you know, working not only on their sound, but also a bit on their influence and business and side and, and trying to create a holistic approach that, that anybody can use to make their tracks into the industry, take their first steps. And, and it's been such a journey doing that, you know, it's, it's a roller coaster. There are, there are times where you're doing a lot. There's times where you're focusing more on just coaching and less of the business, but it, it I feel it all informs itself and it, it's, it's great to be able to do it. Hmm. And with clients, Matt, I mean, do you work, yeah. Um, do you give them a template and they're, they're kind of, uh, you work with them for a period of time, you give them a template of what to do and what to look after, and then they're kind of out on their own, or do you stay with people for a period or a long period of time? I, I mean, maybe it's more, different, but. I, it does depend, but I think I started more with a template driven thing. And I think that's as much for you to be able to deliver. Yeah. Um, once you are a bit more confident with your own approach to helping people, you can kind of listen and tune into them specifically and then yeah. i think from that you know i always have like a, a my consultation process and, and my way of getting to that uh how can i help you um understanding from my perspective i i spend quite a bit of time on that at first just to make sure that people that we really get to the root of what it is that they need to do first and then what they want to do eventually and that right. might be a six-month process or a year um or it might be like, you know, I just need help with something very specific and it's kind of a more rolling casual basis. Um, but for me, the most exciting points is when I can kind of get in with them and three to, you know, 12 months and we really plan it out and, and get them really excited about their career. Cause I think it can be so lonely when you're embarking on your own in this new industry. Well, this new, you know, approach to getting your, your feet in. Um, and it's always been hard and it always will be getting a career in the music industry. You know, there are a lot easier ways of making money, uh, but people obviously do it for the passion of the day. And, and it's fine. Really. I think when I get to help people, obviously from my side, I help people on that creative development. Um, I also work with them on the other sides of their kind of the three core pillars, the sound influence and business. But where I really get into working with them at first is going to be their sound. Cause that's normally why people come. Oh, I can't do this or mm. my writing is limited here or I struggle performing or I haven't even done my first performance yet. Or like, you know, I've got all these songs together and I'm trying to produce something, but I don't quite know which songs are, you know, need to be done. And, and then I can either, you know, take to another associate and be like, I'll oh, work with this producer or, your songs need to be mixed better, work with this person, or maybe you need to write some more and I can help you with that. Or maybe somebody else who's more kind of in your, in your genre or who I think can inspire you basically to, to, to persist and hone in on your craft. Yeah. And so that's, that's something then. So it's, uh, you just touched on it a small bit there, mm -hmm. the, the three, the three core pillars. Yeah. So you're talking about sound business yeah. and 
an influence but i normally i so i i call it i like thinking of things in threes so that's sure. why i kind of use this and i call it the biz model bis <laughs> which is actually the other way around so business influence and sound oh nice, um, yeah. but it, it, it basically you know if you if you think of it as like literally you know like a greek pillar you've got one pillar in the middle and two at the side and and in order to keep the roof you know of your career stable these both need to be topped up they need to be a in, in equilibrium really just to, just to use a visual metaphor mm, there but mm. in, in the sound you know that kind of subdivides you look at your songwriting you look at your performing how you're expressing those songs or delivering your your message your content uh, and then the final touch of that is the production and then in your influence you know it's kind of like who you are your identity um the culture that that links with and then the audience for that and I know a lot of people think influencers are talking about social media. Social media is a tool. It's not a prerequisite. You know, there are people who have different approaches, different ways of looking at audience. But obviously, in the digital virtual world that we live in now, it is the massive tool. Um, but people have done it before without having social media. So it's like, you know, your, your influence. And some people kind of cringe when you say, ah, oh, what's your influence as an artist. But if you, if you talk to people about, oh, what was, you know, what music did you like? like oh, this track, it inspired me from what, when I was 14 and oh, it was so influential on me. And then you realize how influential you can be as an artist. And it's, it's not just a, um, you know, uh, a woo woo way of saying it or a pretentious way. It really like, if you want, to relate and your music to chime with somebody you really have to think about your identity and then the kind of the business angle right at the end or at the beginning depending on how you want to look at it is like what your value is for people and i don't necessarily mean monetarily but like these all kind of link together a bit but people will come back to you because they know they get that sense of something from you an emotional quality whether it's uplifting whether it's reflective, whether it's, you know, these human things that we find maybe difficult to deal with on our own. We, music helps us digest that. And that's why people say, you know, the best medicine is music because it really can help you relate to the world around you, relate to your own feelings. And the artist inspires that in their listener. So if you don't have that clear sense of what you're offering or your value, you know, to to that audience then it's you know you know might need to go back to think about your songwriting or think about your voice and think about that identity thing and it's it's an ongoing question and we talked a bit about this mm. before as well about um you know can you mix genres and if somebody's coming from a classical world and they're trying to you know record um, and explore commercial music like how do they have that balance between you know their integrity and also that need to explore so you know i'm loving this tell me you're loving this as well i just love listening to people speak passionately about helping others you know how hard it is for artists to make it in these days you know in this time of streaming and no record labels and things like that and for for someone to take it on themselves and set up a business to help people. I just think that's fantastic. And you know what else is fantastic? 
is uh, Matt is offering free voice lessons. Well, not free voice lessons indefinitely, but you can, as a listener of the LTS podcast, you can now go and claim a free virtual voice lesson from Matt. Um, go onto his Instagram, go to the link in his bio and click free voice lesson. You fill out a form, you send it on to Matt. There's a few questions, you know, kind of getting to know you and things like that. And then you give a small bit of information down at the bottom um, about what your time was in lockdown. And uh, you follow his page and you share his thing. And then you get a free voice lesson. That's how you claim it. So do it now. Go on to Matt's Instagram. Uh, you can always go onto the website, find the Instagram there, or go directly onto Instagram and uh, and claim a free voice lesson. The time is now. You know, we're all in the situation where, you know, we might not have been getting such good pay in the past couple of months, and and but still we want to connect with people, we want to get lessons, we want to upskill, and uh, and for us to have an opportunity now to work with someone for free um, who really cares, you know, Matt is, is, is a really caring guy and also has fantastic uh, credentials. Uh, great singer as well, great songwriter. So I would say go on now, go to Instagram and claim your free voice lesson and uh, give his page a like and uh, and then also then give the page of the LTS podcast a like and subscribe onto the YouTube channel and all of the stuff that I tell you every week. Uh, I don't mean to be pushy. I hope I'm not pushy. I just want to make sure that enough people hear um these these great people and i want i want to share this information with as much people as possible so the more people you tell the more sharing you do the more on your stories um you never know you could have a cousin that really is into this kind of stuff uh you never know who when you share it to your instagram or where you talk with people about it about kind of resources like this um and there's many there's many great resources out there um I'm one in a pool of many um, that, uh, you know, gives people some sort of insight into the world of music and singing, and I'm happy to do it. I love this. I absolutely love it. And uh, so enjoy your day. Uh, thanks for listening. Check it out on Instagram, Matt B. Thorns, Music Alignment, LTS Podcast, Connor Ryan Vocalist. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye bye.